0: Welcome to Heart Truths, a podcast about leaving home and doing life differently. Hi everyone! Welcome to another episode of our fantastic podcast, Heart Truths. This is Bryna in the studio along with... Shanice, and we are so excited to welcome you to this episode. This episode is going to be great. It is not for the faint-hearted. We're going to talk about when the going gets hard for us. Uh, we're going to talk about the lowest points in our journeys since leaving home. When we either felt or we were told that we are nobody. Bum, bum,
1: bum. <laughs>
0: Have you ever been told you are a nobody?
1: Ooh. Well, you know... If you, uh, for people tuning in, if you don't know who I am, I am a professional clown and actor and a creative producer. So a lot of my work revolves around pitching myself or auditioning for different projects. And so part of the work includes me um, being rejected. Like this is part of my industry yeah. that I'm in. Mm. I, it's so funny because I did like um, like a, stats tracker of all the auditions I went to last year and I went to look back at it and it's crazy because I put myself up for like almost a hundred opportunities whether it's pitching a project or auditioning for a show and out of that I only maybe booked like 20% of the jobs and so I mean it's it is how the industry works like you're constantly sort of rejected you're Mm. always you know having to prove yourself and having to put yourself out there and being and in a way when you get rejected it does feel like oh i didn't make it you know i'm not Mm -hmm. anybody oh i have to try again so i'm constantly in that um season of always putting myself out there so i would say like quite a lot of times Bryna, i've been told or made to feel Mm -hmm. like i am a nobody how about yourself
0: Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. But, you know, whatever you said really resonates with me because I have been in that place myself. But it's interesting because before leaving home and before coming here to Toronto, Canada, I have actually never felt when I was in Singapore that I was a nobody. I was never made to feel, even on my lowest of days, that I was nobody. And I'll get into that. I I can't wait to share about this very difficult season of my life here, where I too, like you, pitched hundreds of times, hurt from very little back, and that was hard. That was hard. So for those of you joining us for the first time, this is Heart Truths. This is a podcast about what it means to leave home and choose to do life differently. So, as mentioned, I've been based in Toronto, Canada. And Shanice, how about you? Where would you say you are at in your life right now? I am,
1: yeah, I'm currently uh, in Singapore. Nice, warm, tropical
0: Singapore. Recording this again from my closet. (laughs) (laughs) so in episode one we actually chatted about what it means to leave home and what happens when we say no to the comfort zone and what happens when we say yes to the life of adventure in episode two our conversations revolved around the idea of timing as we examined the question is there such a thing as the best time to leave home so with that let's get into it Shanice
1: Yes, today we're going to talk about the times you felt not good enough. And I think this is a very important thing to address because a lot of us feel this many times. And for me, as I mentioned, I work in an industry where I'm faced with like rejections and I always feel like I always have to prove myself at least for the quite a good part of my career and I always kind of have to go into these rooms and it would cause me a lot of anxiety. Like, you don't understand. I would go for auditions and before I showed up for these auditions, I would puke. Like, I would literally oh, no. puke. <laughs> before any show, any audition, um, I would puke and I would have this huge like anxiety, Whoa. stage fright. And I didn't know where it was coming from because I loved doing what I did and I, I would always loved to go and prepare for an audition or show up for an audition, but it was just these like huge, you know, symptoms that I would have and it would prevent me from showing up in the best way. And for many years, I tried to figure out what it was and I realized it was because I felt like I had to be good enough for them. I had to be the best for them. And when I look back at where this comes from, I think it always comes from like this feeling of being compared to like you see on social media or on the internet like all these actors that are out there all these people that are out there feel like i have to be the best i have to be good and because i come in with that like mindset of oh i'm not feeling like i'm good enough for this or like this is not perfect i didn't Kind of feel very stuck with that, and so that that was how I kind of started my journey into this like performing arts industry and every time I faced a rejection, it was really difficult and I think the biggest moment where you know I was told you are a nobody. I remember like five to six years into my career, I was just starting out I was writing a lot of like clown shows, and I had a chance to pitch my clown shows to a Singaporean um producer who worked in a big institution and and i remember going in and being like oh you know i've done this show like it's been really good uh the audience really loved it and she just sat there she looked at me she listened to my pitch and she went this is really great but i need to tell you something nobody knows who you are so why should we take on this project? And it was like the first time someone actually told me that and I was like wow. I was like what what do you mean nobody knows who I am, you know? Here I am like, you know, eager and ready to start like doing this career and and put myself out there and this is what you told me. And the similar thing happened to me maybe two years later. I had a chance in New York City to pitch the same show. I got a meeting with a producer. I remember I bought like a whole new pair of shoes, you know, this outfit. Like I this was my pitching outfit. Mm. And I walked down, you know, um, it took the subway. I walked down the street and I went to this guy's office I shared about this show that I wrote and you know how it was like a really incredible piece and I had all this funding to do it and I really wanted to do it in New York and he said you know kid you are you know I really love your work but nobody knows who you are and I was so like shocked because it was it was like the, the, he was saying the same thing as someone else, and I think just starting out and trying something new and being told by these bigger people that nobody knows who I am, so they can't take a chance on me, made me think about how like I, I'm trying to be a somebody who's trying to, to, to do things, but then because I'm a nobody and to them in their eyes because nobody knows who I am so I can't really be a somebody because they close the door so I mm, you know what I mean the yes. cycle like repeats and and that's something that I've been dealing with and even in the previous episode I shared about how when I first won my first award and coming home to Singapore I thought oh I will get like all these jobs and then I met with a bunch of um, people uh, who worked in higher like Uh, institutions and they met me and some of them told me like literally nobody knows who you are so go keep doing your thing but we cannot take a chance on you and that was really difficult to grapple with has that happened to you right like what's it like in Toronto
0: totally Babe, you know, as you were speaking, I was just nodding and nodding, you know, when you spoke about taking a chance at me. I was thinking about the ever song, you know, <laughs> take a chance at mm-hmm. me. <laughs> I mean, it's so true. It's so true because we all have to start somewhere, right? We all start somewhere. And for me, like I saw my beginning, like the beginning of my professional identity in Singapore. Right? I was an SPH scholar, went to SPH after I finished NUS. And then, you know, I've just slowly worked my way up the media food chain and finally landed an editor role in 2020. But when I relocated to Toronto and I had to end up giving up my editor job, I found myself asking, okay, all my life, I've been in the media industry. All my life, I have loved journalism. What's next? And I said, you know what? I am going to make the best use of my time here since I'm here in Toronto. Why don't I try to break in professionally here? I mean, let's explore the media scene here, right? It seems so natural that that would be the easiest kind of like industry to break into since that's where all my experience is under my belt, right? I mean, I knew... Like you said, right? That that would be rejection. I knew it would be hard, very hard. I mean, ev- I joined all the Facebook groups and other like platforms where I hear of people telling me how hard it is to be an an immigrant trying to find work, right? About how they have to start off as maybe you know a gardener or something they've never never done in their lives, right? There is no shame in being anything in your life, but sometimes if you've already established yourself, it's like you are a professional artist, right, Shanice? Like you are a clown. And then in order to have to restart and reboot your professional life, you start off as a barista or something you've never done in your life, right? There's nothing wrong essentially in that job, but, and there's nothing, and, and there's something to be proud about because you're learning a new skill. But you ask yourself, have I done all my years of journalism or have I done all my years of being a professional actress to, to come here and start like this. Hmm. But I told myself, okay, you know what? I told myself, adventure, right? Okay, so since I signed up for this adventure to do life differently, to do life away from home, okay, let's have courage. Let me have courage and try. Don't try, don't know. So I thought, okay, let's see what I can try to find in terms of media-related jobs. But no, babe, no. Like what followed as I decided to start trying to break in was like you said, you know, rejection after rejection after rejection. When you talk about your tracker, I too had a tracker. I had an Excel sheet where I would track who I've touched base with, which company I reached out to, which um, which company I applied with. Was there follow up? No follow up. Do I try again? You know, do I try to keep things warm here? Do I leave it cold there? You know, it was six, I believe I I spent six soul-sapping months just pitching endlessly, pitching, pitching, pitching. And you know how you said about your experience uh, where people said like, oh, you know, you're strong in this, strong in that, but, right? I had exactly the same thing, babe. Exactly the same thing. Oh my God. So what did they say? So in Canada, they have this thing called an info chat where you can sort of like book someone's calendar for like 15 minutes, 30 minutes and try to get an audience with a headhunter or someone from the company. So I managed to secure some of those, right? I was, um, yeah, took a lot of initiative to do a lot of these things. And on one of these chats, so during one of these chats, I was told, and then this was like, I was just pitching myself for maybe 30 seconds. Hi, I'm Bryna, blah, blah, blah. Oh, stop, 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 stop. I said, oh, okay. And you know, you keep a smile on your face. Like, oh, Oh you know, I feel like like I'm feeling great. What's going on here, right? And then you're looking at a person on Zoom and a person's looking at you on Zoom and you're like, I think everything's great. And they say so. They say, let me tell you what's the problem. I was like, okay. You know, you speak well. Your energy is great. Your CV is strong. But you know what's the problem? The problem is, you are a nobody here. You are a nobody here. I remember just trying to keep a straight face on that call because I had never been told that in my life, right? I had never been told that and I was shocked. I didn't know how to react. I didn't know how to react. And like you, you know, you said, you know, how you feel as a result of that, right? You can be armed with gusto, you can be armed with confidence. But when you hear something like that, it really shakes you. So, you know, babe, when you were told that you were nobody, how did that make you feel? Like, did you feel like you couldn't go on from there?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I want to talk a little bit about the culture that I'm raised in. And I think it has a lot to do with how I deal with it. But I think being um, raised in a very conservative Asian like culture, household, in a city where we are constantly trying to be the best, where you're always having to prove yourself. I think all of that plays a part because all of that leads to us trying to be a somebody. Because if you're not a somebody in this kind of culture or society, then you don't survive. And that's how it's always felt, right? Like you will be left behind, you will be something. So when people tell me like, oh, nobody knows who you are, I, of course it hurts. You know, every human being just showing up wants to be, feel like they are seen and they are heard and they are somebody and here you are telling me to my face that i have to be a somebody um where you label me that i'm a nobody and having you know Mm. like to compete in this kind of culture and society plus being added on that these labels that we place on these people like oh we're not going to take this person or this actor because yeah they're not good enough or to sell my tickets you know and it really sometimes comes down to that we need to sell tickets we need someone who is known Um, so we don't take a chance on these people but to be honest it just feels like you know whether we are an adult or a child like telling a child that you are going to be a nobody when you grow up is as hurtful as it is when you tell an adult trying to you know make a difference or just trying to do something meaningful in our lives that they are nobody is it's painful
0: you know we are all trying to do that you know correct exactly yeah So I wanted to say yeah so you know when I first heard it I was flawed you know and I didn't know what to say but I mean Like you rightly said, it's all about having someone take a chance on you, right? And so, as I thought about it, the next time, and you know, mind you, I got to hear various permutations of that along the way where they, where when you ask them pointedly, now, so Canadians are generally very PC, right? They don't Mm -hmm. really say things directly to you. But I realized that I just wanted like straight answers and it started to become more pointed about my questions. And when I would ask, so is there really an opportunity for me? I went, and when I got answers like, oh, actually, we're not, yeah, we're not sure, yeah, you know? And, and that's when I would try to pitch and say, you know, yes, you might be right that I'm a nobody, but really, I need someone like you perhaps to give me something so that I can start somewhere and I can stop being a nobody and start being a somebody. Yeah. I just need an opportunity. And then I need to say like that it didn't get better from here. Right? Like even after I tried to say that, I tried to pitch the idea of you being this gifter of an opportunity to me, right? Even after I pitched that, it got worse because then I would get comments back from people who would go, Oh, you know what? I am actually really thrilled to offer you an opportunity. And you go, wow, okay, there is an opportunity here. I can stop being a nobody in your eyes. But then when when you say, what is this opportunity that you're offering to me? They say, oh, well, it's an opportunity to start with us, but because we've never tried you out before, I mean, you know, your CV is strong, but we've never tried you out before. So are you okay if we compensate you at the price of... Drum roll, please, Chanice. Zero.
1: Oh, my God. They did not do that.
0: Oh, my God. No. No. Totally. They totally did that, babe. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine showing up, getting everything ready, and then people use words in this seemingly positive way telling you they're thrilled to offer you an opportunity and you think this is it, this is it. But then it's like, compensation is zero. Wow. (laughs) I was like, okay, what am I worth? Am I worth nothing? You know, are my professional skills worth nothing? For the first time in my life, I had to ask myself whether I'm willing to really take zero, just so that I can start somewhere and hopefully that can lift me off into something, right? I I found that I had to really wrestle hard with that because I've always believed that I should be fairly paid for my professional skills. Yeah, but for the first time in my life, I was being asked to take nothing, as though Everything that I had worked for could be disregarded just like that. I don't know. Did you feel like you had experiences like that, Shanice, where you felt like your worth was really being challenged? Where you really felt that all that you have built yourself up to do and be was in question?
1: Hmm... I questioned myself, I think that's what it was, mm-hmm. I questioned myself, I mm-hmm. thought, oh, I'm not ready yet, I need to be good enough, and I, I beat myself up, and, and I felt mm-hmm. like nobody was seeing me and hearing me, and this was a big part of my journey as a creative, and I mean, on top of that also, like, what it means to be living, you know, as a minority in Singapore, or like, you know, just the political, social, like, context of being somebody even like as you right like an immigrant like add that on to also like the personal things of navigating like what is it like to feel seen and feel heard yeah but but yeah i mean it was it was difficult to like come to terms with that because for the longest time, I blamed everyone else, to be honest with you. I blamed everyone else mm. for not giving me the opportunity until I think I took a long, hard look at myself one day. And this was after a series of like rejections and people treating me like trash and not really giving me the door to open where I went, you know what? I'm sick of this. Like I'm sick of mm. doing this. I'm sick of always feeling like I am failing and then having to show up still and try to keep this career moving and and putting my heart and soul into it i don't have that energy into it and you know if they're not gonna see me then i'm gonna see myself and it, it took me feeling like you know really dirt on the ground like i really reached that place where i felt like i was not good enough for this society and and I wasn't good enough for the the jobs I'm doing you know I, I would like enroll myself into so many trainings and courses and workshops and, and I'll just keep this like learning because I thought mm. oh if they say I'm a nobody I have to be a somebody and then I would burn yeah. out in that cycle and then it still wouldn't work and I just wasn't opening the doors that I wanted to and I thought you know what I'm sick of it. I'm going to take a long hard look at myself and I'm like, why do I need all these people to make me feel like I have missed somebody? Because at the end of the day, even if I did get those opportunities, it will always feel like I had to like, you know, go through this, I don't know, very like vulnerable x-ray of them, like, you know, scrutinizing me and with that energy of like, mm, we're still going to judge you. We're still going to make sure like, you know, you're you're going to Be worth something to us, and actually, when I detach myself from Mm -hmm. doing that, from make like when I detach myself from trying to like earn other people's approval, and I thought, you know, if I'm not gonna book jobs, I'm gonna create my own work, and if they're not gonna see who I am, I'm going to just find the people who see me who I am, and while I share stories about people saying I was a nobody. To be honest, when I started looking for the people who were willing to take a chance on me, they were out there. They were living in the shadows. They were the people who like <laughs> I went to and I pitched some on my projects too. There were people out there who went, you know what? I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna open mm. the door for you. And these people then that is so to come out. yeah,
0: that is so encouraging to hear that people came out of the shadows and. Shone their light into your life, right? And I love what you said about, you know, if people aren't going to see me for what I can bring to the table, I'm going to see myself. And I love that mindset shift that you spoke about because I think for myself, I too had to get into that mindset shift, you know. And actually, as I think about it, I'm actually glad that I got a very clear answer, right? Sometimes the no's point you to the yes right
1: yes yes and for i sure. think when i
0: got yeah so i think that when i got the no that you know this is actually how i really see you right like you know this is how i see you you are actually in my eyes a nobody like it the, let's just like get rid of all that pc and all that like at the heart of it i think there was actually no opportunity and i think it was good to know that there was no real opportunity because then it's up to me to make a decision. Do I keep banging away at this door? Do I keep banging and banging when it's, it's only going to maybe creak open or be just a tad ajar? It's not. The door isn't really going to open for me. So am I going to just be okay with that ajarness and that creak? Or am I going to, like you said, find somebody who really sees me, who can... Accept me, and who can celebrate me and help me thrive? I think it's so encouraging that there are people who stepped up to help you. I think for me, um, there were, but there were so few and far between that eventually I realized that I, I have to be the tough cookie. Like even though my spirit was crumbling, like I have to still be the tough cookie to change the future for myself. And I think for me, I made the decision to just stop banging away at this door and I decided to set up my own consultancy. I said, you know what, maybe this is time for me as I leave home to make this big break for myself, right? And, you know, instead of just being a trailing spouse, I'm going to be a trailblazer in my own right. But yeah, you know, for me, I think the turning point wasn't when people saw me, but when I myself said, you know, let me muster up the courage to be courageous and 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 put myself out there based on what I've already um, achieved in my past. Let me use my experience now and take others forward, right? Let me set up my own consultancy. Let me be a strategic media consultant now. And that is exactly what I did. And so, you know, for us, we've talked about what it means to break in what it means when we feel like the ground is so hard when we are nobodies I think we've gotten into quite a bit of that and I think we want to now leave you with some takeaways you know because I'm sure you know many of you who are tuning in have your own journeys where perhaps you too feel like a nobody in this season of your life or people have told you that you are nobodies or maybe you're just filled with a lot of self-doubt and hurt in your heart as we were at some point in our lives.
1: Yeah, and I wanted to uh, start with that, like sharing something that incredible that came out of that journey for me. Like I pitched to this New York producer like about six or seven years ago. I was told like, nobody went on this huge spiraling journey of finding myself. But you know what happened seven years later? everything changed for me because I stopped relying on these like affirmations. Like the audition rejections mm-hmm. didn't become so painful anymore. It just became another thing at part of my job. But seven years later, right now, I've just come from a triple award-winning show. And the last show that I did had a sold out show in <laughs> New York City. And I thought about how… When I ended that show and he told, like, I remember him telling me, like, you know, nobody knows who you are, but, you know, keep it going, whatever. He, he never came back in my life. But when I finished that show, took that bow and saw, like, the room full of a sold-out crowd, I thought about him. I thought about how mm. he said I was a nobody and I came back and became a somebody. The big takeaway that I wanted to share is that when you told you're nobody go find the people that see and hear you there are people out there who will resonate with you you know your story you know there's someone out there who went through the same thing and they want to help you thrive and they want to help you succeed go find them they're there in the world even if it's the neighbor who says you look beautiful every day or even <laughs> if it's you know your co-host for this podcast Aww. that makes you share this story
0: let but, me affirm you <laughs> yeah like
1: let's Take those people and hold them close and then go and do the same thing for other people. Go see and hear other people because if you feel like that, I'm for sure certain there are at least more than 10 people out there who are probably seeing and feeling this way and existing in our society right now in the shadows mm-hmm. of feeling like they are nobody and, you know, just go and shed some light with them. You know, it's, it's an energetic exchange, right? Like, we That's are seeing right. ourselves and we're going to see other people and then we hope that this energy will, like, elevate us and get us out of this feeling like a nobody and nobody is allowed to label you a nobody okay don't let them do that i'm going to tell you that 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 is just a prompt for you to go and take that label throw it in the trash and relabel it again yeah how about you brian what what are your big things that you think people can can take with them when they feel like they are told like they're nobody or they feel like a nobody
0: Actually, I just want to say that this, what we're doing now, is so mutually affirming and encouraging that I love it. Like this really, I mean, honestly, this podcast, as I think about it, was birthed because we both wanted to see each other and be there for each other. And there is no better way than this space right now, as we are literally, you know, telling people now that we have been through, feeling like trash but let's trash those labels let's relabel let's see ourselves for what we know we're worth and you know what babe like i'm so proud of you you know six years seven years ago there were all these people telling you you're nobody but you have known your worth you have held on to your worth even when it was hard and yeah here you are today and i hope that in my sharing as well, like. Even though I've been through the trenches, and I feel like some days here are still the trenches for me, but I too know my worth. You know the doors that remain shut that's okay it's a form of clarity right and so that's something that I also want to say to to our audience out there. sometimes the doors that remain shut are not failure i think I think we we spoke about Asian society and how like a lot of times, when we don't, when we can't get that dream job, we can't seem to progress in our careers. It seems like, okay, I have failed. I failed in my parents' eyes. I failed in my, my society's eyes. But that is not true that is like trash. It's not true at all, right? Like everybody has their own journeys. And even though, even for myself, I've had to learn to be kind to myself because I've always wanted, you know, to me, it's like I work hard. I send out my resume. I have my tracker. I'm going to hear something back. My hard work will pay off. But then you realize sometimes it doesn't. You can try super hard and some doors just remain shut. And you feel like you've failed. And, but actually, it's not true. It's all actually part of this huge, precious character-building exercise. So if I thought I was a tough person, I feel like I'm steely now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I might have gone through the desert. I've been parched and dry and feel like I'm sapped. But somewhere out there, there will be an oasis whether it's seeing yourself and giving yourself and letting yourself be that oasis for yourself or whether it's you know tapping on other people's source to fill you up again to fill your cup again it could be either but we just have to hang in there leaving home choosing to do life differently is not glamorous but it's going to be so fulfilling so rewarding
1: and with that we've come to the end of the episode and we want to thank you all for staying on and we want to encourage you all if you were listening to this on a really hard day or you had a really bad week or just a bad year bad few years we just want to say just keep going you know if no one is rooting for you we are rooting for you which is why we started this we want to shine light on the people doing the hard things and putting their heart out there and so we're here for you and we're gonna be you know we're in your years right now encouraging you to just keep going we see you we hear you and just not give up because you are
0: a somebody Somebody. oh i love it we said that in unison totally unplanned Heart to heart from us to you. This was Heart Truths. Thank you for joining us on Heart Truths. If you enjoyed our show, please do subscribe, share our show with your friends, rate us or leave us a glowing review.
1: If you would like to connect with us or share your heart truths with us, you can always reach us at hdhdpodcasts at gmail.com or find us on our socials. See you in the next episode!